Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Voices Unheard, a podcast that shares stories of change makers who are giving a voice to people or issues that are too often silenced. Joining me today for our third episode is Mohammed Zaid. Mohammed is a STEM educator, content creator, and the leader and founder of Libotics. Libotics is an organization aiming to inspire young people to be science and technology leaders and innovators, whilst at the same time developing education to help communities of Libya. So, let's dive in. Hello, Mohammed. Thank you so much for joining us today and agreeing to be featured on Voices Unheard. So to start off, tell us about Libotics. What does it do and where is it based? First of all, hi, Jesse. Thank you so much for your welcome. You're warm welcome indeed. Uh, I'm really glad to be here with you. Uh, So Libotics is an initiative that started in Libya back in 2018. Uh, It came from the idea of... uh, like engaging kids from 12 to 18 in a mentor-based robotics fun and exciting program to engage them and, 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 and let them learn about science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, which they are difficult subjects at school, but which they can learn them through robotics in a very fun and exciting way. So that's robotics. Very cool. Very cool. And what is it about robotics specifically that makes it more interesting than kind of being in a classroom? Yes, absolutely. We do. We do run the first program. First is an is a is the leading robotics organization organization based in the USA. Started in nineteen ninety eight, I believe, uh, or nineteen eighty nine. Indeed, it started in nineteen eighty nine. The first inspires. It's an organization that's based in the USA. We run their program in Libya. Here we have almost, I guess, only on tour. We have the biggest robotics community in the Arab region. Oh, wow. How big is this community then? It has 23 robotics teams nationwide, uh, which they engage almost over 400 young people. Oh. I mean, all this started only three years ago, so we are growing fast, I guess. Oh, wow. Wow. And was the community affected very much by coronavirus or did it continue to grow? Indeed, our best grow rate wasn't during the coronavirus. Because in 2018 and 2019, we were having only two teams. And in 2020, during COVID, we have grown to almost started like 24 teams, but like few teams has like just uh, shut down mm-hmm. like before even they launch. But now in total, we do have 25 teams. 23 of them are Rockies, which they started during COVID. Oh, amazing. Can you share with our listeners what the program looks like then? Like, how do you get someone from knowing nothing about robotics to building something eventually? Yes, that's the very exciting part indeed. So every year in December, uh, in, in September 12th, the challenge of the year is released, which is like an issue or a problem that the whole world is facing. And the robotics team is worldwide, which they are almost over 17,000 robotics teams worldwide, 25 of them are in Libya. So all these teams start from that day, the challenge release in September 12th. Mm-hmm. They all start building their competition robot from that day until the competition. So in Libya, our competition is in April. 
So once the challenge is released, all these teams go back to their workshops and they start doing fundraising so they can raise money, so they can buy tools and they start impacting and inspiring the community so they can get more donations to buy shirts and to buy uh, banners and buy some more robotics tools and robotics kits. Then they continue on building the on and learning together and going to workshops and asking schools or universities or training centers to help them with their edu education. And surely we also help the teams with educational materials and we help in organizing workshops for them. So the teams continue to learn during their very first months. Mm -hmm. Then uh, like for now, for example, almost like 50% 50, 50 or over of the teams already built a moving robot. I mean, they have made an amazing drivetrain, a lot of teams. So teams in this period, like they learned a lot about programming and they learned about fundraising. They have fundraised money. Some of them made already their shirts. Some of them bought some additional kits. Oh. So they continue to, to, to learn and they continue to explore and they continue to join workshops and trainings either from us or from other community programs. So they continue to improve and build the robot the better they can or the best they can. Then they come and compete in the competition, which would be an April week one. Ah, I see. Very, very cool. So what is happening right now then? The teams, all the teams now are, some of them are focusing on the robots mm -hmm. and the majority of them for now is uh, are focusing on the community outreach because it's more than just robots. It's not only building a robot and coming to compete. There are some awards that's not related to robots. So the team is also organized community outreach activities like workshops, exhibitions, cleanup campaigns, helping hospitals, helping in, in transporting things. Oh. So all the teams for now, uh, the, all of them are trying to reach out to the community for both things. Like first is to raise more money. Second is just organizing and helping the community so they can present it at the competition. So they may be able to get the award that's not technical, like it's not related to the robot. Yeah. Um, and during like the next few weeks, I guess, by the beginning of February, the teams will be more focused on the robots because they will only be having two teams left, uh, two months left before the competition. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. What's the theme for this year, by the way? It's called Ultimate Goal. That's the theme of the year. Ah, it's complicated to explain, but yeah, it's called Ultimate Goal. The, the robots of the teams need to like to transport some... Uh, like some, some like some balls and boxes and things like from from a place to another and in 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 a technical or in an engineering challenge where the robot should or must be in the frame of 50 centimeters but then it needs to extend itself and go over one meter and something so yeah it's it's an engineering challenge for this year yeah yeah it sounds like it for sure and it sounds like there are a lot of restrictions put in place so you need to program it really carefully. So if it's all the restrictions as well. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. They need to be smart and innovative in this. And that's why we say that we prepare the next innovation and technology leaders. That's our mission. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I just wanted to come back to a point you made before about how, um, you know, building robots and being with robotics is a much better way to educate these future leaders than being at school. I'm just wondering then, can you share with us what the STEM education is currently like in Libya? Okay, this would be one of the saddest questions. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, education now, but it, unfortunately, I mean, Libya is growing and it's improving for sure. But 
unfortunately, Libya has like suffered from civil war for years, and uh, despite of like because of that, the educational level is quite low. Like like the like the educational outcome of someone like for example, uh, graduated from bachelor's degree. It's almost like someone from the U.S. that graduated from primary or secondary school. Mm. Like it's very, very, very low. Like yeah, yeah it's it's really that amazing education system. Simply because this country has passed, like has, has suffered from civil war, so there was no uh, focus on improving the education system. Uh, but yeah, but for now, like recently, amazingly after the war ended, there is. Uh, huge focus on education so it's improving amazingly for now yeah. and that's why we are getting lots of support from local authorities to support this program mm, wow amazing wow are you only supporting kids who are still at school or are you also doing outreach programs targeting kids who are not in school indeed the teams are split into two categories there are some school teams which they affiliated with the schools and they provide the opportunity to their school students. And there are the majority of the majority of the teams are community teams, which they provide the opportunity to community people. Like the teams are combined of different students from different schools, mm. like more inclusion and diversity. Yeah, that's very, very cool. Because I was thinking, I feel like all over the world, STEM education is unfortunately very unequal so that, you know, it's, it's mostly boys and it's also people from pretty wealthy families. So, yeah. so it's really cool to see that you're actively fighting against that by having these community programs. That's very, very cool. Yeah. That's, that's our core value and we support that and we, we, we work, we work hard to, to provide this opportunity for everyone, like equal opportunities for everyone. And that's why even the, the majority of the teams are not school teams. Mm-hmm. We have only eight school teams and almost 16 or 17 community teams. So the majority of teams are community teams. I'm not good at mathematics, but I guess, yeah. Eight, yeah, like they are 25. Mm-hmm. So we can get the minus of 25 so we can get the rest of the teams all community teams. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, I also just, I'm just curious, how did you actually come up with this idea of, you know, like, okay, robotics will be something that will be really useful to kind of inspire the kids. What made you choose robotics in particular? And as I mentioned, we run a program, like an international program that's being run everywhere in the world. So it is not 100% our idea. It's more of having passion to implement it in here and our idea to implement it the way it works for us. But the, the core the core idea or the core point of this isn't is not like made by us. It's yeah. it's first organization, it's the leading robotics organization or the leading STEM education organization worldwide. It's 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 started in it started in nineteen nine eighty nine mm-hmm. in yeah. the USA. They have uh, like over over one hundred thousand teams worldwide, and in this Africa program, they have over seventeen thousand teams. So I have been through this program in two thousand seventeen, in in the Robotics Olympics, which organized by this organization. So I really got inspired. I mean, it opened my eye. Like it was an eye opening opportunity. I saw that I can. I I got connected to to friends from over the world in my age, and I got inspired. Inspired by by robots and the STEM education and how I improved my my mathematics and and 
engineering and mechanical and innovative skills, I started to be more creative and I got more confident. Some soft skills like working with others, uh, being a leader and reaching out to the community and how important that is. So yeah, the opportunity affected me so much. So the year after I started this program, I started this initiative, Labotics, and started to, to try my best to give this opportunity to others in my nation Aww. and also other countries. Yeah, that's awesome. That's very awesome to hear. What has been your favorite moment since starting Libotics then? Um, that's difficult to pick because it's been amazing. I mean, everything has been really amazing. Um, I mean, yeah. one of the most moments that I really enjoy, especially when I think about it for now, I really got inspired. Sometimes even my tears get down. That... Uh, there are two uh, two schoolmates uh, that were the at the desk behind me in in school in in high school. They weren't very supportive, uh, and they were those people who I mean, they are not good in the grades, and they are like they have nothing to do in their lives. Like just like I mean, yeah, just like they are chilling and just having fun, and they don't care about university. They 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 don't care about anything, indeed. Like. They have nothing to do in life. So they were just bullying everything. And what are you doing? It's, I mean, I mean, you're spending your time in nothing. And I mean, that kind of things. Like I were very uh, getting nervous when I speak to them. Yeah. And I was helping them indeed, like in the, in, the, in the school, because I was like the one in the class that can help. Mm-hmm. But then when I started Labotics in my second year in high school, mm-hmm. I I I I started to try to to attract them and impact them to this because internally I feel that they are really good people like they really deserve just a chance mm-hmm. to discover themselves. So uh, I tried to bring them to the workshop one day. They got really inspired and they 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 I mean I mean I forget what I can say but yeah they just appeared to be very in- interested people in in the mechanical part. I mean they love cutting things and they love to I mean to to smell aluminium indeed and just to do, to do that mechanical part. I just felt that they really loved this. They really loved doing this, but they get they didn't get it. They they didn't really was knowing that it's it's here and then they can practice it and they can learn it. So indeed they became team members mm-hmm. and they came after that, like a few weeks later, they started to be, I mean a rule and a key key members in the team, like very important people in the team. And they even went with us to the very first world championship regional we went to. Oh, I mean, wow. that's really inspiring to me. Like there is faith and hope in everyone. Mm. Yeah. So when I remember that, I really get inspired. And I'm really, really glad that I wasn't a judgmental at that time. And I I kept my 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 mind open to think of giving them a chance. And I'm really happy and proud of that. Wow, I can imagine. I feel like something like this will be so inspiring and so transformative for so many people as well. I feel like it just opens up so many doors to, um, you know, things that they didn't even know about or believe they could do or would have excelled at. That's really, really awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank wow. <laughs> Um, I'm wondering, like, what is a myth that you often hear about building robots that you would like to kind of debunk? (laughs) I mean, the the most popular myth we hear here and we hear everywhere is that robots will take the the human's place in the future when it comes to employment and work, which is very very nervous and 
I mean, it's worrying a lot of people. Mm. But I mean, it's fine. I mean, they will take some jobs mm. in, instead of humans, but it will open other jobs for new humans and for, for everyone that's, that wants to shift their work. Because I mean, change... I mean, time doesn't wait. Change will happen. Yeah. It's it's an hour later. It, it will happen. And we love the change before. Why we don't want it now? I mean, mm. we love the change when we weren't knowledgeable and aware of of having cell phones. Mm. But now we love we love them. So it's it's the same for robots. Mm. We need to love the change because we have been loving it as a human beings. Yeah, exactly. Like we need people to build these robots as well. So Amazing. of course, it's going to create lots of jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, cool. Awesome, awesome. And I'm just wondering, what do you see as the future of robots and robotics in Libya in particular then? I have big hopes that hopefully Libya will not be a third world country mm-hmm. in the next three years. Uh, that the robotics the robotics industry would just shine. Mm. And the main focus in Libya would be about education. And that's the only chance we have to make Libya shine once again. And I really have big hopes that, I mean, we can be in the lead in this because we have, we really have very, very, very innovative kids and we have uh, amazingly very creative minds. I mean, I believe that difficult situations really, it's it's really what creates hope and really what creates change. And that's what happened everywhere in the world. I mean, the, the big nations have suffered so much from wars and suffered so much from very difficult situations back then. And that's what made them great nations for now. I mean, and, and, we, when, and we suffer from the same now. That's why I really believe in the power of young people, not only here, but everywhere in the world. And because we suffered so much in here for years, I can see hope that these young people, when they, give, when, when they, when they are given a chance, to prove that they can make it, then they will make it. So yeah, I, I have I have big hopes that everything will change. Mm, yeah, I love that answer actually. So um, so I'm a teacher and I teach teenagers, and like my favorite age group is actually kids between twelve to eighteen as well. Because for me, that's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that's like the age where like you can really kind of you can really transform them. And like, that's the age when they start to shine as well. So for me, it's like, if you hit that age, it's only uphill from here. And and again, it's always it's always the really resilient kids as well. The kids who have been through so much, they somehow produce the most amazing stuff. That's amazing to see. How do we actually keep up to date with what you guys are up to and what the kids are producing then? Yeah. I mean, it would be amazing to share two things. The first, that you can follow the social media of Libotics. It's not only in Arabic. I mean, Libya is is a North African country, but the main are, the main language is Arabic in most part of the world of the country. So we use Arabic with our social media in both languages. So if anyone is interested to help or to just be fan of this, they can follow the Libotics social media. It's just Libotics. It's everywhere: LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. It's just everywhere. So you can search for it and you can find it you can follow us it's in arabic and english and also you can follow the website of Libotics. we have it always up to date uh, and also the other thing that we would love to share is if anyone is interested to come to libya and explore the amazing mediterranean and the roman and the italian and the every amazing culture we have here we are open to host international volunteers at the regional like at the competition in April. Yeah. So, wow, that's yeah. very, very cool. We can keep in contact for sure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So before we go, I'm just wondering, 
What else is Libotics doing this year then? So you mentioned there's a competition in April. And then what happens after that then? Okay, so we are having the regional qualifiers or the tournament, which is the competition, in April week one for two days. Uh, then the qualified teams, they qualify. Hopefully, if COVID is okay and the license kept on going, the, t- the two top teams should qualify to finals at the Worlds, at the World Championship in America, with the top 160 or 200 teams worldwide mm. in, in July. Okay. Then after that, at the end of the year, in September, the challenge release of the season 2021-2022 release once again, and we start over with a new season. But yeah, doing all that, like along the way, we keep on as Libotics, like the mother, the mother NGO, not the robotics teams, like ourselves as Libotics. We keep on organizing like along the year workshops for the teams and like for the, for the whole community. And we keep on organizing exhibitions and things just to inspire more people over 18 to start teams and inspire more people in the age of 12 to 18 to join the teams. Yep, for sure, for sure. Um, any final words for our listeners out there? Thank you so much. I'm really glad to, 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 to get my voice heard by internationals everywhere. And I would love to just make more friendships. And thanks to you for the opportunity and for making this amazing podcast. It feels like we can, you, you are supporting inclusion. And I believe inclusion is very important in this world because it can really make a difference because like, Many problems in this world is because of lack of inclusion and diversity. So thank you so much. You can't really imagine how change, how big of a change you are making by this podcast. And thank you so much for inviting me. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can let Mohammed and I know by sending us a voice message on Voices Unheard's Anchor website. Alternatively, you can let us know your thoughts by submitting a podcast review. Additionally, make sure you check out all the links and resources in this episode's description, as well as a transcript of this episode. The next episode will be taking us to a women's youth project in Ghana. So until then, see you next time.